and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, you're going to learn from an attorney turned entrepreneur on how to take a few more risks, grow your EI, and find helpful mentors. At the Impact Company, their mission is to empower the inner goal digger inside every woman. And it's their goal to inspire healthy choices that make an impact on lives everywhere. Please welcome the CEO of Impact Bars, Melanie DeRose. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here, Denise. Me too. I'm so eager to hear your story and talk more about your impact bars. You are the founder and chief gold digger, which I absolutely love, of impact bars. And tell us, before we get into what you're doing now, what did you do prior to creating your most recent company? No, sure. And let me clarify, it's gold, G-O-A-L, because I don't want to tick off your female um, audience. (laughs) Gold digger. I love it. (laughs) We're all about going after your, you know, your goals. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. But, uh, and one of the reasons for that is I like to describe myself as a recovering attorney. Um, and attorneys sometimes do take themselves too seriously, not to overgeneralize. But I did uh, large corporate and securities uh, lawyering for a big law firm, an international law firm, for a few years after uh, graduating law school. And it definitely worked on taking companies public and doing merger acquisition and corporate governance work. So what I'm doing now um, is a far cry from that. It's, it's not a natural transition to go from law and then, you know, fitness company I'll talk about in a minute, and then food company. And if you would have asked me a few years ago, if I would um, have seen myself as a food company owner, I would have probably laughed at you because I don't have any background in that. But it just proves that, you know, we can all do what we set our minds to and being at the right place, the right time, you can find some amazing opportunities. So you were an attorney. How long were you an attorney? For about six years. So I graduated UT Law, clerked for a federal judge actually with my husband. Uh, And then we both worked at competing law firms in Austin, Texas doing different kinds of law. And I mean, it was a great job. I had incredible training. I'd like to describe it as a nice stable salary, which, which doesn't really happen when you're an entrepreneur. That kind of goes out the window. Uh, but one thing that was really lacking in that profession for me was having... Uh, well, number one, I, I realized after a few years that I just really wasn't passionate about it. I, mm-hmm. I looked at it as a learning opportunity and it was a job that allowed me to do the things I wanted to do, which you know, go spend time with my family or travel, um, have the money that I wanted you know, to do things. But I really wasn't passionate about it. And, and the other thing that was really lacking was any sort of a social purpose. You know, I have always been big and kind of nonprofit pro bono work. And you can do pro bono work as a lawyer. But when you work at a big law firm, it's on top of the other, you know, 80 or 100 hours you're putting in each week. And there's not really a lot of benefit that you get from that. <laughs> so it's difficult to make that happen. And so as I was practicing, you know, I just really felt year after year that kind of urge to give back was growing. Uh, and when I could do that work, it, I found it very valuable. It was just very rare. Um, so what I decided when I, when I ultimately left the law firm was that I wanted to do something, you know, have a company that was more mission focused and be able to find a way to fulfill a passion of uh, what has now become really helping and empowering other women. 
I love that. I think it's so true. You're in the daily grind. And even though you're experiencing quote unquote worldly success and you're, you know, making it up the top of the ladder, there is, it sounds like something was missing. And so you went to find it. What was next? Yeah. So it, the other thing that happened is I had a, my first child um, who is now eight, hard to believe, but uh, when, when I had my first daughter, um, a couple things happened. The first thing was, uh, nobody told me that when I left the hospital, I was still going to look pregnant. So I had like packed up all my maternity clothes, put them in the attic. And I remember getting the box down, like in tears going, I still have to wear this. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh girl, I was there. <laughs> yeah, right. But nobody told me like, it would have been nice to have that information. So people just left that out, I guess. But anyhow, so I'm trying to find a fitness activity for that time frame, which I did not feel comfortable going to the gym. I've always been, you know, someone who's really interested in fitness. So um, I'm, I found myself working out in my living room to P90X. I don't know if you know what that is, but Tony Horton, it was like mm -hmm. an in-home DVD program. It's, in my opinion, very male focused. So there's a pull-up bar. I couldn't even do a pull-up. And one day I looked at my husband and I was like, this is crazy. I'm working on my back and my arms, you know, my shoulders. Really what I care about is my abs and under my arms. And I'm not really feeling like I'm getting that resolved here. So I looked everywhere for a, a system that was made for women and targeted to moms and I couldn't find anything. Mm. So we had this idea to go develop something. And, you know, I don't have any background in film. Um, I just thought, well, we're going to make these fitness videos. I knew a great trainer in Austin who trained um, pro primarily moms. She had a huge following and we approached her and she was really receptive to the idea took a gamble. I mean, no, we had no idea how she would do on film. She did fantastic, but it took, you know, almost a year to edit uh, the videos. We had a um, 28 half hour videos. We thought we'll provide the most variety. Well, that also provided the most amount of editing time in the editing bay. And so we launched a company called Faith Fit, uh, FE being the periodic symbol for iron. So we had a play on, you know, iron's the core of the earth moms are core of the family. And it was, it, it is a fitness system that is uh, really made for women, but it was sort of targeted from a marketing perspective to moms. And we launched a DVD program online. It was primarily an online Amazon company. Uh, and I was still kind of practicing law. And then finally that started getting some legs. And I said, okay, I can't do both of these things. I've got to make a choice. And, you know, the other thing that was sort of outside of that fitness concern or that drive was what I was talking about before, which is, you know, I've had this kind of entrepreneurial bug. And then on top of that, I wanted to find a way to give back. So I was finding that I was really passionate about helping women. And when our customers would call us and say, oh my God, you changed my life. I lost 50 pounds or whatever. Maybe it was 10 or whatever it was. I feel so much better that I was getting so much enjoyment out of that that I was like, okay, this is the route I've got to go. So I left the law firm and decided to do that um, full-time for a little while. You worked a side hustle while you were still an attorney because you were passionate about it. And I love that you basically found a need and then said, there's nothing like it. I might as well just create it. And I think that's what's so unique about entrepreneurs is they don't they don't have the, you know, they don't see something as a problem. They see it as a solution. And that's what you did. You said, I want that. I'm sure so many other people will. And then you went to create that. So you built this company, which allowed you to retire from your attorney job. I do. I want to know what happens next. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it, and it was a lot of fun, right? I mean, I, it was fun developing it. The marketing was fun. I mean, I, I don't have a business background, candidly. I went to law school and um, frankly, it's almost a detriment, I think, when you go to law school and you try to launch into business because as a lawyer, you're trained to identify risks all the time for your clients. So when you leave law with that mentality and you try to go do something that's very risky, uh-huh. <laughs> really, really challenging. So it was a lot of personal growth for me. Uh, launched into this business. And what happened was we were really concerned about growing our customer base, but we ended up with some amazingly loyal customers who kept coming back and saying, we want something else. And so we thought, oh my God, it takes a year to put out another video like this, this kind of system. What can we do? So we launched a nutrition plan. We partnered with a company in Austin, Texas, did a great nutrition plan. I still use it today. It's kind of on the paleo side. Um, high vegetables, low sugar, low carb. And then our customers were like, this is great, but we would also like a snack to eat on this plan. Because sometimes when you've got a low carb plan, it's difficult to find snacks, especially if you have kids, because, you know, inevitably your pantry is going to be full of goldfish and stuff like that. And so I found myself walking down the protein and energy bar at the grocery store one day going, God, I can't stand any of these bars. And if I were, you know, kind of the CrossFit crowd or into really bodybuilding, I think I would know what to eat. But as a woman who just wants a really good quality, high protein snack, there's really nothing here. There's nothing that speaks to me. And I don't know, there's, you know, hundreds of bars, thousands of bars. I don't know what, what to try. And so we ended up launching kind of a a version one, if you will, of the bar and just as a continuity product. I mean, it was not something that we had planned to really, you know, take a lot further. But same thing, we put it up on Amazon, we put it in some uh, trendy Pilates studios on the West Coast, started getting a lot of feedback about the bars being great, and started looking at the numbers. And one day, we were kind of like, gosh, these are doing pretty well. And then about that same time, um, we relocated from Austin to Denver, we saw Denver as a very fit healthy market, just like Austin, Texas. And we thought we would launch, you know, the fitness side in Austin and also in Denver. And so about that time, we got a call from a major national retailer who said, Hey, guys, we really like what you're doing. And we there's really nothing in the in the marketplace for women. There's a void in this category. And we'd like to do, you know, a really large rollout in all of our stores. And at that point, uh, I kind of turned to my husband who was running this company with me, and said, Hey, you know, we should probably talk to somebody in the food industry. (laughs) Like we don't, we don't really know much about, you know, how to make food. And we've just kind of been doing this. And, um, you know, maybe we need to get serious about it. And so at that point, uh, we were introduced to uh, someone that I like to call a guru in the natural food industry. He's been behind, you know, probably most natural food brands that you see in the grocery store, he's touched in some way or form. Uh, we got a great introduction to him and he was really interested in what we were doing. And so we decided at that point to sort of spin off uh, the bar business from the fitness, create a new company, start over uh, basically so we could completely reformulate, redevelop our brand. And then we launched Impact. And as I mentioned, um, I want to throw this out before you, if you've got questions, you know, for me, it was really important to have this mission-based side And we went into kind of the meeting together, my husband, myself, and our our other partner, whose name is John. And 
we said, you know, we, this has got to be mission focused because without it, you know, I don't want to do it. And so we ended up with, uh, with the name Impact and it's E-M instead of an I-M. And the E-M stands for empowering women and girls. And the PACT is helping them have an impact on their families and communities. So I can go into kind of the mission-based work that we do. But that was how we started this company. We also happened to make really amazing protein and energy bars for women. But it, it really is a mission-focused company with the focus being on helping and empowering women. Amazing. Amazing. And you're right. You're like, 10 years ago, if, you, if I would have never guessed that I would end up here. That's now, right. One question I have is about your husband. How long was it? What did he do prior? And then when did he quit his J-O-B to go full-time? He's a recovering lawyer also. And mm-hmm. you know, we went to law school together, clerked together, worked at competing firms. He stayed at the firm longer. So when I left um, my firm to work on the fitness company, he was still working. And then he ended up leaving that firm and going to a smaller firm, being a partner. I mean, that's kind of like the dream when you start out as a lawyer. You know, The goal is to work your way up to partner status. Um, he achieved that and worked with some really great people at a small boutique firm doing some really high profile cases. But there was a point where I looked at him and I said, I need help. (laughs) This is growing and I'm really passionate about it. And I, I think, you know, he's very strong at marketing and branding, which is not something you get to do a lot as a lawyer. You get to do some of that, but not really. Uh, and I said, I think we can really make something work out of this company. And we're, we complement each other very well. You know, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses and we can and we respect them and we can play off them, you know, extremely well. So he ended up leaving his firm about, I want to say a year and a half, maybe after I left. And then we jumped into doing this full time. And then when we launched, um, the, when we launched impact, you know, we did not go back to practicing law. So we are still doing this full time with no other side job, um, trying to you know grow a new startup company like so many other entrepreneurs out there, and and working uh, see what seems like a hundred hours a day because there's never enough time to get everything done. Uh, but loving every second of it, it was a really Absolutely. good decision for both of us. When you are doing something you love there's like nothing else you'd rather do sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't feel like work. That's when you know you've ended up in the right profession is when it doesn't feel like work. You are a gold digger. You, you, you complete something and then your eyes are on what's next. What's next. Right. Right. Now I know that it's not a straight line. I mean, my husband and I work together as well. We've been in business for 11 years and there's hurdles that happen, right? So what is some of the big fears you've had to overcome? Um, I know you talk about, breaking through your own glass ceiling? What are some things that you've had to bust through to get to the next level? Yeah, I could probably talk all day on that topic. (laughs) Um, I mean, the first one is what I identified before. So I, what I've realized over the past couple of years is I'm somebody who is risk adverse, which is very difficult to be an entrepreneur when you have that mentality. I am, I analyze everything, you know, I'm a very logical thinker. And lately, I've been doing a whole lot of work on myself, actually a lot of personal development work after and some emotional intelligence work, just to try to like recharge my mindset to to make sure I'm knowing that it will work out rather than kind of having these freak out moments all the time. Uh, Because if you think about it, and I think a lot of uh, people are in this position, and I, I, for some reason, and I may be overgeneralizing, but it seems to affect women more than men, but you know, you're at a really stable career and you have a stable salary and a network 
And it, it's almost, I don't want to say it's easy, but a lot of things are easy when you have all those things going for, for you. And for me to walk away from that and to jump into a life where like there's no stable paycheck, you know, I mean, it, it's when you own your own business, you don't really know what's going to happen, especially in the beginning. It's really hard to forecast. And you just have to, you have to shift your mindset to believe it's going to happen. And I think what I found was identifying really big goals was hugely important to me and then breaking them down so that I could work to the benchmarks to get to those goals. And that helped my sort of natural tendency to kind of freak out, you know, with regard to finances, which is often seems like something that that I'm, you know, at least that I'm freaking out about. Um, so there's that. And then there's also this you, you know, it's really hard, I think, to have the confidence to do something like this. I mean, when I left the law firm, I had, I had studied for so long. I mean, I had um, law school debt, it was paying off. And both my husband and I were doing that. And, and I kept feeling like, oh, gosh, am I really giving up an opportunity here to go try to make partner or to go work at, in-house? It seems like my eyes been set on that goal for so long. And I don't know that I can do a business and I, I don't I didn't have a lot of background. And so I questioned myself quite a bit in the first year and was really hard on myself. And I think overcoming that and knowing that you can do it and building the confidence that allows you to just get out there and make it happen is something that a lot of people struggle with. And the and there's no easy way to give advice on how to deal with that. You just have to go do it. And I think once you do it, you prove to yourself like, oh I I actually can make food that is like distributed commercially. Like I never would have thought I could do that, but I can do that. Or I can go put out a fitness video that yields really great results. And I would have never in a million years thought I'd be doing either of those things. Kind of if you go through my background and my life trajectory, I thought forever I was going to be a lawyer. But part of that is because that was what I knew. I I grew up in a family of lawyers and I, I always respected that profession. And then part of it was because, you know, I knew what I didn't know, or sorry, I knew what I didn't know. And I always thought, well, if I don't know how to do that, then I'm probably not going to be able to do it. So coming, getting over this, you know, I want to call it lack of confidence or maybe having the wrong mindset has been um, extremely challenging. And, and I think I've been able to work really hard on myself this year and see, I've seen some amazing kind of results since I've been doing that. But it's hard for a lot of people. And I, again, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I, I speak to a lot of women and I feel like they're in the same spot and they really question, you know, can I, I want to go do this thing, but I just don't have the confidence to do it. And the only way to build that confidence, honestly, is to get out there and try and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so relating to your story right now because I was a clinical psychologist that got started into business. And I thought, do I need to go back to school for business? You know, I'm like, right. I don't know how to do business. And then my, my husband was like, psychology is all about people, right? That's what business is. It's all about connecting with people. And I I love when you really can identify, I already am. I've got some of the skills that will help me be successful in this. And you grow that confidence and then you outsource the rest. So another thing you said is that like you have, you took action and you didn't need to know everything. You created a, a nutrition plan by finding a nutritionist. You didn't have to create it yourself. You found somebody who knew it, but yet it could be a part of your program. And I think that's just so wise. 
That's true. You can't do everything, right? So a lot of people will say, oh, are you the ones in the, are you the one who's in the fitness videos? And I just start laughing. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I, but I did find an amazing trainer and I'm flattered that you would think that I look like somebody who could be in a fitness video, but no, it's not me. <laughs> but it is really finding the right people. And, that, and you know, that's another thing with any kind of business. I mean, getting the right mentors in place is huge. We, we didn't really have mentors in the fitness business. So we made a lot of mistakes as new business owners do. Um, and, and that was a market where I think people had done it already. So we could have saved ourselves some you know troubles. But in the food industry, definitely, I, I can't imagine breaking into this business without a mentor who really knows the ropes. It's a very challenging industry, uh, even though it is the largest industry followed by oil and gas, which was news to me because when I, um, when I was practicing law, I was in Texas, I did a lot of oil and gas work. And so when I said, wait a minute, consumer packaged goods is number one. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Everybody does have to eat. Um, it, it was really appealing to me. But then on the other hand, it's a challenging industry. And one reason is when you make food products, you know, obviously they don't last forever, or if, at least if you're not making a Twinkie, you know, nothing against Twinkies, but <laughs> if you're not making something that, that you know, doesn't last for a very, several, several years, you've got a limited time to sell it. And then on top of that, they're usually pretty low cost items. So your margins are small and it's all volume based. So it's really an interesting industry to, to break into, but I think you've got to have a mentor. It really helps. So how do you find a mentor? Yeah, so that's not so easy. We got lucky, right? So we were introduced to somebody. Uh, we had a mutual friend who just said, hey, I know this, you know, this guy, John, in the, in the food industry. And I think you guys should talk to him. And we hit it off and it worked really well. But I think where I failed in the fitness side was to really try to seek out someone who had already done what I had done. I also think it's actually interesting. If you just ask, a lot of people are so receptive and flattered that you would reach out to them and want them as a mentor. And I think some of it is just doing some research and finding someone who's you know, basically done what you have, you know, has done what you're trying to do and then approach them and say, Hey, you know, I really like what you're doing and I'm trying to do something similar and, you know, hopefully not, not in a competitive way, but, um, you know, I really don't want to reinvent the wheel. Could you help me? And what I have found is once I had the confidence to do that, and I mean, I did that as, as late as yesterday, I was in this, you know, woman powerhouse woman in the food industry's office. And I asked her, I said, I know you're mentoring a lot of people, but um, I've been following you for a long time and I relate to your story. You have a career path that I love. I would really, really love it if you would mentor me. Will you consider it? And I mean, she was amazing. She said, absolutely. And she was flattered. And I was flattered that she was flattered. So sometimes you just have to go ask the question. It's true. It's building your network. It's seeking out people who basically have what you want or are doing what you want to do and then going to places where they are or finding out people who know them as well. So you can get that strong third party introduction so that you can make that ask. And I think so many of us feel like we have to do it alone. And that's just not the case because in business is cutthroat as it used to be. I feel like we all know that as we grow, everybody wins. And so there truly is a collaboration feel in business right now. Uh, and everybody wants to lift each other up because we all started out at the bottom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And if you can save somebody the the troubles you've gone through, I mean, I'm more than welcome. I'm more than happy to help other people. I always offer that because I just know it's really hard to get started. 
Well, I want to move to something you mentioned. You said you've been really big in to personal development. And I think that was an asset I had as well coming to business from psychology. Like I was a reader, I was growing, you know, that was just my world. And so I brought that to our team and do a lot of personal development things with them. And you mentioned growing your EI, which for those that don't know means your emotional intelligence. And we like to say that EI is more important than IQ because when you're working with people and you have ups and downs and disappointments and life happening, but yet you still have to show up for a meeting, you know, there, there has to be some emotional intel, like holding your own emotion and having a bit of say, I guess, in how you feel so that you're not just on this roller coaster ride all the time. But I don't know many people who physically, like who've said, I'm working to grow this. And I'm so interested in how you are doing that. What are you books are you reading? What are you doing to grow your EI? Yes, a ton of things. So I, I definitely I have been reading a ton of books, and it started with a book called Mindset uh, by Carol Dweck. It was it's one of the best. It's one of my favorite books. And I when I read that book, I realized like man, I have really gotten in my own way because I have this fixed mindset on a lot of things. You have to have a growth mindset. Um, highly recommend that book. And what that book did was really open up my mind to you know, thinking about, God, I need to work on myself. Um, I think a lot of times women, especially moms, they tend to not put themselves first. Um, they, they often put themselves last, sadly, you know, you're putting your kids first or your spouse first, your work first. And what I'm realizing and where, or what I have realized in the last year is that you have to dedicate some time for yourself and everything else in your life will improve if you do that. So Part of it has been uh, reading books. I just read another book called um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I think it's Dr. Joe Dispenza. I probably butchered that name. Mm -hmm. uh, but for You're right. I've read that one too. Are you Okay. So yeah. I'm really logical and analytical. So that book completely helped someone like me who keeps hearing all these terms about, you know, what kind of energy you put out is what you get back and how, what are you putting out in the universe and meditation. And I, I just, I couldn't grasp any of those concepts. It, they were just foreign to me. And um, I, I had a really hard time meditating. I've incorporated that more in my life as well. But I just could not grasp any of those concepts and tended to ignore them. And I grew up in a family who just didn't really embrace that line of thinking. So I was never exposed to it. That book really breaks it down on a logical level. So it can help someone who's like really questioning, what does this mean when you say, it's all about energy in the universe. It, it, it explains it in a way that you can go, ah, okay, I get it. And so that's actually one of my other favorite books. But I'm, and I also read on top of sort of these personal develop, uh, development books, um, also a lot of business books. So like Traction and um, E Myth, all those things. So I, I alternate back and forth, right? So there's the, the book kind of part of this. Um, the other thing that was really life changing for me is. This year, actually, in the past few months, I went through a leadership emotional intelligent course in San Diego. I'm happy to give you the name if you put it in the show notes or something, but um, I had never done anything like that. It, talk about being outside of your comfort zone. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Landmark. It's kind of similar to that, mm -hmm. but doing all sorts of very internal exercises and basically the point is to sort of find out why you are the way you are and what is limiting you and getting in your way and how you can break through that 
And then also how you can emphasize the best qualities about yourself. So when I say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an analytical, logical thinker, uh, that came kind of, that uh, discovery came from that course. Um, also, a, a lot of things, as I'm sure you, if you've done any of this work, you know, originate from our childhood. So uh, one thing I really realized, and it actually was my husband who pointed it out, when I went through this course, I, you know, I have sort of harbored these feelings about being picked on as a kid. I was sort of bullied in the, you know, end of elementary school, middle school timeframe. Um, not to get too vulnerable, but, but I am actually part of emotional intelligence is getting vulnerable. Um, it was a really, you know, tough time for me and I lost a lot of confidence. I did not feel empowered. Um, I felt very left out and it, it turned me into kind of a very shy introvert, introverted person. And it took me several years to start getting some confidence and coming out of that. And I've come a long way from, from that kid who went through that. But the ironic thing that my husband pointed out is he said, you know, isn't it really ironic that you're now, your whole life is about empowering women and, and making sure women don't feel left out and finding a way to include them and to bring them opportunities and, you know, just identifying the connection of what I went through in childhood and now what, I, what is, I'm so passionate about now was a, a big breakthrough for me because it allowed me to talk about it and, and also acknowledge it in my life and how important it's been. And I think it gave me a lot of confidence to know like, that what I'm doing is, you know, really, really meaningful and, impo and important. I, you know, it's not on accident. It's not on accident. And it's really kind of cool to look back throughout your life and be like, oh, now it makes sense. And I'm able to use that emotion or that space that didn't feel good. I'm able to use that now to bless others. So how did it feel when you got your first, oh my gosh, you changed my life comment or call? Yeah. I mean, that that's the most incredible comment you can get from anybody. I mean, it, it, we, in both of our companies, I have been very big on customer service. I think it is hugely important. And I also think it stems from this um, very um, powerful internal belief that you need to lead with love and kindness. You know, we've got a, a rule at our company that we don't work with mean people. I don't care how much of a badass you are. If you're mean, I'm not going to work with you. I have a rule in my house because I've got two daughters and a, a third one on the way. Uh, so three girls about to be. Aww, you know, congratulations. <laughs> my poor husband. He's surrounded by a lot of estrogen, <laughs> but since, especially since our jobs are female focused too. But anyhow, you know, we have a no mean girl rule. I don't have any tolerance for that just because I was the victim of that when I was growing up. But I think, you know, getting extending that um, kind of personality and that kindness to people and, and really trying to help them and being in business, not to turn a profit, which is obviously important, but really because I've you know noticed there's a problem in this space or because I want to help people. Um, I think that when you get a call like that, you know, you can be having the worst day, the worst week, the worst month you've ever had in your life. And as a business owner, especially with a startup, you have a lot of those days. It makes, it, it justifies everything. And in that moment, you feel like you're on top of the world and you feel like this is what my calling is in life. And so some of those calls have, have brought me to tears, you know, and with, with the food company impact, we do charitable work. We work with nonprofits that help women. So I'll give you an example. One of them we work with is here in Denver. It's an organization that helps chronically impoverished and underemployed women get back to full-time work. And it's an amazing program. It, you know, you imagine victims of domestic violence or women who have been incarcerated and they're going through this program 
And our kind of contribution to this program is these women are actually taking our protein bars and putting them in the box and shrink wrapping them, getting ready for online. They might be stickering. It's all sorts of different things. And so when I walk into this organization and see 20 women on the floor, you know, working on our bars and they look up and they are so full of gratitude and they just are like, you know, thank you for providing a job for me today. I mean, it is really hard to not get moved (laughs) in that moment. And in that moment, you know, I realized, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, yes, we are making a product, but this month we have put all these women to work and they are getting the value and the benefit of going through this program and knowing they have to show up to work today because Impact needs their bars done. And the skills that they're getting from that program are incredible. So for me, it's those moments that are really going to be defining in my life. And when I look back over my life, I want my life to be full of those moments. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. And that's when you, you know, you really are connected to the why so strongly that when you have a down day, you don't stay there very long, right? Because you're like, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So any hurdle or roadblock is just a hurdle or roadblock. It means nothing. It's just something we move through because your vision for what you're doing for the community and for women in general is so strong. Yes. And, that, and that's true. And you know, look, there's a lot of down days. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, someone once said being in this industry is like getting slapped in the face and then hugged. And you just hope on any given day, you get more hugs <laughs> than slaps. And right. And there are definitely true, days true where I feel like I've got a hell of a lot more slaps today. And, and it's hard to recover from that. And, and like any business owner, we've had some you know, great challenges. I think what I've learned though, is from every, like, every challenge that has seemed like it's going to be the end of the world, you know, that seems like, oh my God, our, we're going we're gonna to drown here. Some really amazing opportunity has come out of that. And so now when we have a, a, something that looks like it's going to be a bomb that goes off, I just kind of look at it and go, okay, I'm going to use this as a learning opportunity. And yes, of course, exactly what you're saying. I have this vision in my mind of what we're going to do and how we're going to grow and how many women we're going to be able to help. But in that moment, when you're kind of, I'm getting back into that freak out mode, you know, that I used to, used to kind of ground me all the time. I think there's going to be something amazing that comes out of this. And I'm going to learn something really powerful. And if you go into a challenge with that mindset, it makes it a lot easier to embrace that challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're still going to come, right? Life happens. Oh, yeah. um, but you're able to uh, ad- ad- attend to the issue in a different frame, in a different space and with higher EI, which eventually moves you through it much faster. That's right. Absolutely. It's so helpful. I just, I can't talk about it enough. I think I'm somebody who I could always relate to people really well, but I did not have a lot of EI. Like I almost feel like my relationships were, I don't want to call them superficial, that sort of undervalues them. But now they are on such a deeper level, because I just feel like I know myself so much better. And I know that, um, you know, one piece of advice that I always give people if they're having a down day like that is to go focus out on other people. Man, if you take a really bad moment, and you just call up a friend and you ask them what is going on in your life, and how can I help you, it will turn your day around in minutes. Uh, because people don't get that call very often. And they're so grateful that you have taken an interest, maybe even just five minutes to say, I was thinking about you and I want to help you out today. Then it's not that I do that, you know, for personal reasons or selfish reasons to get over bad days. It's just, it's a reminder that that work is really important and it's important to help other people. And even in those small moments where it just takes a phone call, 
it can be so helpful to get through, you know, something that seems dire otherwise. Well, I think when you're having a hard time, it's really easy to go inward and to close off, right? Especially if you're having negativity or another issue or a problem with people, which some half the time is, then it can be easy to just close off and say, I'm going to go hide under a rock and work with plants, you know? But I love that you have said, no, even if I'm having a hard day and probably it's better to do what, you know, it's, it's a better than hiding is to go be open and ask and love. And when you're focused on that, everything will shift too. Yeah. And you know what? It's not easy to do that, or at least it's not easy for me. So I am somebody who, if I get in a dark place and I think something is, you know, really detrimental is going to happen. I do, I go inward and that it's, it's, I don't know. It's almost that it's natural to do that for me. And it, kind of reminds me of like, if you break up with someone and you just go eat a whole pint of ice cream, like my, my, you know, kind of way of dealing with problems is I go inward, I question everything and I'm trying to work through it by myself. But I have realized that that is such a bad thing to do, at least for me personally. And even though there will be a moment where I'm, you know, kind of in my own stuff, as I like to call it, and I'm like, I don't want to call anybody, I'm upset, and I'm embarrassed, or whatever the moment is, I will force myself to go talk to somebody else. And whether it's to talk about what's going on with them or myself, um, it makes such a difference. But I don't want to make it sound like it's easy because some people might be listening going, yeah, that's just not me. I don't do it that way. I mean, I don't tend to have that habitually either. But I have made myself kind of go that route because it doesn't serve me to kind of go internal, as I call it. It serves me so much more to go talk to other people. I mean, the reality is if you're having a really hard struggle, somebody is going to be able to help you through it. Whether it's your mentor or your spouse or your best friend or whoever it is, it is easy to not want to burden people with things like that. But I think what you'll find is if you you even burden them just a little, and I wouldn't even call it a burden some people are flattered that you'd even come to them wanting advice about certain issues and, and it'll make it easier on yourself. Absolutely. And it truly is just creating a new habit. And of course, everybody gets a pity party for a minute, but then it's what do you do next? So I love your words of wisdom. So I want to uh, move on to what, you're, what you do now and your current vision for the company. Tell me why are impact, impact bars different? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned before, I was walking down the protein bar aisle and I didn't see a product for women. So kind of similar to the, to the fitness company. I was really, I developed or decided, you know, this was something that was missing. So we wanted to develop something that was really exclusively for women, which again, another huge risk because when we were thinking about this initially, we were like, how are grocery stores going to react if we walk in and say, we've got this product, it's in the food space. And yeah, we're kind of eliminating 50% of your customers. Um, what we found actually that is the, actually the opposite, that most retailers have said, you know, if you came in here as another protein and energy bar for everybody, you'd be just like everybody else and we wouldn't take you. It was much better to find a niche. And, um, and it was another way to try to bring women into a category that doesn't really focus on women, at least in my opinion. Um, so it was important that we did that. And so... The way, that, oh, and the other thing I want to mention is, um, I think it's the stats are like eighty six percent of grocery grocery shoppers are women. So it also made sense to me. I was like, why is nobody talking to women? So we went, we focus grouped a whole bunch of women, and it turns out a lot of them had the issues with protein and energy bars that I had, 
which were, you know, they're, they make you feel bloated and they're 400 calories and they're huge. You know, I used to have the, the few that I did eat, they would be half eaten, folded over on the bottom of my purse because I couldn't get through them. I would read the ingredient label and be like, I don't understand what most of these ingredients are. It seems kind of like a science project. And so we wanted to make something that was really focused on women based on their feedback. So we developed bars that have a, you know, a really clean source of protein. It doesn't leave you feeling bloated because I wanted something that was good for a pre and post workout. I had a lot of problems with protein bars pre workout. I would just feel like really sluggish and heavy going into a workout. So finding a good quality protein was important. And then also keep keeping them around 150 calories, um, our sugar counts, you know, five to six grams, making sure that you could pronounce what was on the ingredient label. We don't have anything artificial in our bars. Uh, now that I'm in this industry, I do see why a lot of companies go that route because it is much cheaper, number one. And number two, um, the shelf life is so much longer if you put a bunch of preservatives in it. That's why I always I pick on Twinkie and I'm not trying to, but if you taste a Twinkie on day one and day 1000, it, it pretty much tastes the same. Um, you know, the bars we're making are, are natural. So we're, we're not wanting them to be eaten on day 1000. So, you know, I think it, it's made, it, it definitely brings some challenges when you're trying to develop a more natural product. But for our audience, um, we feel that women care about what they're putting in their bodies it seems to be a little bit more than men. A lot of times men will just be like, Oh, it's 20 grams of protein. I'll just take it. You know, I don't, I'll drink this protein shake or whatever, even though it tastes terrible and it makes me feel bad. I'm still getting my protein. Not trying to overgeneralize, but as a woman, I, I did not relate to that. I could not drink those drinks and I did not want to have something that was making me feel really bloated. So we definitely, you know, tried to design something based exclusively on feedback from women uh, we actually just rolled out two new flavors this month. Um, so we are growing our line. And this these two flavors contain prebiotic and probiotic. Actually, all five bars that we have contain prebiotic, but the two new ones also contain probiotic. And that was also because after focus grouping women, uh, we learned that digestive problems are common amongst women. And so we said, okay, we want to attack that um, and, and let women know that we hear them and we're receptive to what they're saying. So let's make a bar that uses a really great probiotic that will be helpful with digestion. So, you know, I think what sets us apart from a lot of the competition is that we have pretty much eliminated any kind of um, marketing for men. You know, it's, it's fine if, our, if men eat our bars when I'm standing in stores demoing, which I do a lot. I often get the question from men, you know, is this going to make me grow boobs? And I just start cracking up because I'm like, man, if I had figured that out, like I'd own an island because there'd be a lot of women who would really be happy with me. But no, it's not, there's no hormones in it. You know, there's nothing artificial. It's just, you know, we, we listened to it, made it a size that was sort of desirable for women. So we market them one as a snack, two as a meal replacement. And um, we've gotten some great feedback about the size and the taste and the flavors. So, so far, so good. But really, I think what separates us, aside from being a mission-based company, is that, you know, we, we did what a lot of men don't do, and we listened. And <laughs> we listened to what women said, and they said, this is what we want, and that's what we're trying to give them. So uh, very proud of the ingredients and the quality of our products. I mean, I, I stand by everything. Our kids eat them. I wouldn't be feeding them to my kids if I wasn't happy with what was in them. So um, for me, it's really important to create something that I can feed to my daughters and also give to my girlfriend and also want to eat myself. 
so selfishly, you know, I was trying to find a snack that would be healthy and satiating. And I, th- I think we did just that. Wow. That's amazing. I did a bodybuilding competition in 2016. So I got immersed into the bodybuilding world and know exactly what you're talking about with the problem of protein bars just being too high calories. And there's a lot of sometimes unnecessary sugar and things like that, that I haven't found one that I love. So I am so excited to try yours and try a few different flavors with the prebiotics, probiotics. We are a health conscious group that you're talking to. So this is going to connect really well. Uh, I know I'm, I'm excited to try them as well. Um, what are your, what is your vision? What is your vision for your company? <clears throat> yes. So the vision, so two visions, I guess, um, the overarching vision of kind of the, the food side of the company is to be really that trusted resource for health and nutrition for women. So yes, we are starting with protein and energy bars, uh, because we did kind of notice a void there. I, I would like to grow this into other lines and other categories as well. But for now we're focusing on the bar space Uh, But I really want it to be that when you see our kind of our signature marketing item on our bars is that we have gold polka dots. I mean, they're very girly looking. There's really no mistaking who they were (laughs) designed for. But, you know, I want our customers to see the gold polka dots and go, okay, that's impact. I know that they're, they've got healthy foods. It's kind of like when you walk into a Whole Foods, you know, you know that they're going to, they've got some kind of standards, right? And for me, that's, that's important. Even though our customers will read the label and like, I want them to, I'm happy for them to, I want them to know and to trust who we are and the kind of, of quality that, of products that we're putting out. And then the, you know, the other side would be the mission focused. And I mean, I, we want to empower as many women as possible. So we are working now with two nonprofits. The one I described before, another one in Texas, we're developing a program that helps girls that have been bounced in and out of foster care Uh, When they hit 18, they kind of are thrown out off into the street because of state licensing with basically like a trash bag saying good luck. And, um, you know, they don't have a lot on their resume and they don't have a lot of skills, some of them. And so we're trying to find a way to work with these girls, do a confidence building program, and then also find a way to get them involved with impact so they can have something on their resume. But um, those sorts of programs, and I've I've actually, we've got two more uh, nonprofits kind of on the horizon, one of which I was talking to yesterday. And um, they're all sort of different focus. And, you know, obviously they need to, there needs to be some kind of fit with the company um, I, I, as much as I'd love to work with, you know, a hundred thousand nonprofits that would probably make our sales go down quite a bit if I was focused so much <laughs> in that realm. But for me, it is more like, what can we do right now, you know, to empower women and, and how can we do it in a way that like, we're getting our hands dirty, you know, like there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with donating a, a portion of proceeds. I think that's great. Some companies have done that extremely successful, um, and we may do that in the future, but for me to, to start, we wanted to really like put women to work right now or go find a way to, to change a life right now in some way. So that's what we're focused on doing. And so I think we will continue, or I know we will continue to grow those efforts and just empower as many women as we can, as we continue to grow the business. Amazing. And you can, people can purchase them in stores. And I also see on Amazon. Yes. So they're available on our website, uh, impactbars.com. And then also on Amazon, uh, we, you know, we're relatively new. We launched on shelves um, basically a little over a year ago. And so you can find us primarily in the Texas and Colorado areas. However, we have started to expand to West Coast as well. That's sort of been our strategic plan this year 
is to roll out from Texas and Colorado West. So we are starting to pick up additional stores. Um, the, you know, there's some, there's all sorts of small retailers. You can find us at online as well. But the, the best place, the easiest place for your audience would be to go to our website or to Amazon. And please leave us a review if you go to Amazon. As a new startup company, reviews are huge. Absolutely. So sorry to put in that shameless plug, but I, <laughs> I had to throw that out there because it is important. Absolutely. So impactbars.com. And then also, guys, just go to Amazon and put in impact bars and they come up. Now, you said you have, you have a, a couple new ones and they have the probiotic as well. Which one did you just release? Because I see, I see all of them. Yes. So we just released and literally um, the last couple of weeks we got bought out. It was amazing. And, and it's fine because we're producing more actually on Tuesday, but um, it was an amazing launch of peanut butter party and chocolate date night. So we like to have fun names. We have ch- chocolate cherry bling, Maplelicious coconut crave. Uh, the two new ones, peanut butter party and chocolate date night have the probiotic and the prebiotic. We were trying to focus on a more mainstream flavor with the chocolate and peanut butter. And those have been incredibly well received. So I'm excited that we decided to go that route. Apparently it was a good idea to incorporate more of a chocolate focus into our bars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Especially for women. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It is funny when we demo at the grocery stores, that is what everybody wants to sample. They're like, which one has chocolate in it? So um, I'm kind of a coconut nut. So for me, that would be the one that would be most attractive. But, uh, but so far the two new ones have been flying off the shelves and it's been really exciting to launch those. Well, congratulations for all of your success. Um, I have one last question. And if there's anybody listening who is in a space where they're like, I don't feel that passion. I don't, I, I don't really know what to do next, but I know I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, but maybe they're like you and they're a bit uh, analytical and a bit risk averse. What would you, what would you say to them? Yeah, man, it is hard because it's like talking to the the old me, which took a lot of convincing to leave that stable job and to sort of jump off the cliff and do this. But I will say this. Now that I am in a job that I am passionate about, it is a whole different ballgame. I mean, it gives me chills even just to say that. I'm so passionate about what I'm doing and my vision. And, and it has made me uh, realize that actually my personal life's purpose is to empower, inspire, and motivate other women. I don't know that I would have ever realized that had I stayed in the career I was in. And it is, I am energized at such a different level. I'm, my happiness is such a different level. My fulfillment, um, the satisfaction you get, just completing small things. You know, as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's really hard to celebrate the wins. You, you get some major account and then you're like, on to the next one. Or, you know, yesterday was a big day for me. Like I said, I had approached this woman. I went, walked into the meeting with the mindset of I'm going to walk out of the meeting with this woman as my mentor, which happened. And, you know, I had to really like sit back last night and go, that was a very big deal because she's an important woman and I'm excited about it. And I think the kind of um, satisfaction you get for those small accomplishments, it's really hard to find that same satisfaction when you're in a job that isn't the meaningful to you or you're not passionate about, or you're just using it as a means. And I totally relate to the feeling of, you know, I'm not that person. I can't do it. I have too many bills or I have, you know, kids and I don't have enough time. And, and all of those things are real. They're real for me every day. Like I'm about to have another baby. I have no idea how I'm going to incorporate another baby into my life. I've kind of questioned myself every day, like, what are we doing? But I know it's going to work out. 
Um, and I know that because what I'm doing right now in my life is exactly what I need to be doing and what I was meant to be doing. And I've never felt the fulfillment of that, you know, until now, until you find that. And you know, it took some time, right? Like I didn't just leave, I didn't go into law, you know, knowing that it wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be passionate about it. I thought I was going to be passionate about it. And then it took some years of transition and really it, I mean, it took an emotional intelligence training course to really kind of hit myself on the head and go, Oh my God, I'm so glad I made any question I had about making these changes. Like I should have never questioned it. And so the advice I would give people who are sort of on the fence is number one, life's too short to settle for something that doesn't make you happy. And, and the other thing is, you know, you can always go back. Like I was so scared to leave the law firm. I was like, Oh God, they're going to, you'd be so upset with me. And I mean, which is funny because it really, we're all interchangeable in the end. This is how I felt about lawyers. I'm like, I, they're going to be able to replace me tomorrow. But you know, when I left, they said, if you ever want to come back doors open. And I thought, how can I not leave with that opportunity? I mean, there's always going to be another opportunity out there. You just have to believe that. And so why not try it? Why not go out there and, you know, try to find out if you can get passionate about something or do something that's out of your comfort zone or, you know, something you've always been interested in and just dip your toes in it and see how it makes you feel. Because in my opinion, life is too short to settle for things that don't make you as happy as you could be. And it's just much more fulfilling to lead a life where you're really passionate about what you're doing. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Well, I want to just recognize you because you took a sit I mean you were in a in a situation that where you lost your passion and in a sense maybe even lost a bit of yourself and you took steps one in front of the other not often even knowing where you were going <laughs> I didn't have the end necessarily all mapped out but you kept taking steps one step at a time you continue to learn and grow in the process and now several years later you are launching uh, a, a women focused protein bar that is going to revolutionize the industry and be in every single grocery store, uh, number one on Amazon. And I really am excited to continue to watch you grow. My God, you're awesome. Can I just walk around with you all day? Just Cast say a that. vision for you, girl. <laughs> yes. I just love that positive energy you're putting out. That's amazing. Well, I love your gold diggingness, not just for yourself, but I do see that you see the vision for other women as well. And you're saying, hey, you know what? I want to give you a space to work where you can find your own passion and you can feel like you're giving back. And I think that's so special. It's important, right? There's just not a lot of people. There's not enough people, I think, who focus on giving back. And I just, it's unfortunate because I think it's just the most important thing that we can do. And I don't want to undervalue, you know, anything that any success, any great things about business. And I'm not, I'm not definitely not saying those of you or, or people, you know, who don't have a business that's focused on this, that there's anything wrong with it, but it is, it just sort of puts you on a different level, I think. And it is so much more fulfilling um, when you're able to help other people, even if it's just in the smallest way. I mean, really, I mean, your comment right now, just like made my heart flutter a little bit. I was like, Oh, that energy is awesome. And like, that's so cool to hear just that comment. I mean, what it can do to somebody's day is huge. And so even, you know, at that level, I think it's important. All right, you guys check out impactbars.com or go to Amazon, leave a review and get yourself some impact bars. And let's show Melanie some love. So thank you again, Melanie. We so appreciate hearing from you and your story, your wisdom and your passion. 
Thanks so much, Denise. I really appreciate being on here and I'm humbled to be here. Thank you so much for listening today. Head over to denisewalsh.com. Enter your email to subscribe to our list and I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon. 50% off, in fact, of the Dream Life Workbook when it is launched in just a few months. So if you want to have first dibs, let's get your name on that list. Thanks again. I so appreciate you and remember to dream big. 